The idea that no one is looking at the model presented by Mayor Rudy Giuliani in New York, which was very simple. If you throw a rock, you're arrested. If you throw a bottle, you're arrested. And all of a sudden, New York was, and it literally was almost overnight, New York became safe. The John McCullough Show, weekday evenings at 6 on The Patriot. This is Kim. Welcome to Union Members Radio. This program was designed to bring people together to discuss current union events, future union events, and to learn of the union's rich history. It's not always easy to get everyone together in the same room at the same time. This program allows us to do just that. UnionMembersRadio.com keeps the conversation going even when the program is not on the air. UnionMembersRadio.com also provides you with trusted resources to serve your everyday needs. That's UnionMembersRadio.com. We have a very special guest in the studio today. I'm going to give you the call number because you're going to probably want to call in. 1-800-923-9385. In the studio today, we have James Dennis, Vice President of CWA Local 4100. Uh, doctor, or I always get this, I'm sorry, Reverend Dr. Curtis C. Williams, CEO. He is the uh, owner of Stinson Funeral Homes and Trinity Chapel Funeral Homes, and we'll give out that call information momentarily. And we have the mayor of Detroit, Mayor Mike Duggan, on the program with us today. Welcome, gentlemen. Well, thanks for having me. Bless you, Kim. Thank you. It's so wonderful that you were able to to make it in. I know that you're a busy man. And today, uh, we're going to have uh, Reverend Dr. Curtis C. Williams conduct the interview. So, Thank you, Kim. Certainly, we're delighted and excited to be here on the station, and certainly with our mayor, uh, who's done a Herculean job in trying to help us direct the city of Detroit. Mr. Mayor, we would like for you to just have some opening statements, if you would, and tell us what's going on in our city. Tell us about those positive, great things. Well, you know, everybody is, uh, is working really hard, and uh, uh, we're just uh, doing everything we can to get businesses to come back, uh, to get construction going, to make sure uh, uh, our high school graduates can... Uh, go to college through the Detroit Promise, and uh, we're just going to keep working on what we're doing. Mr. Mayor, can you uh, enlighten us, if you would, just uh, just by way of telling our audience um, some of the things that are going on with Detroit? Uh, we speak of the investments and the incentive programs, and you just spoke of one uh, about our young people being able to go to college. And tell me and tell us how does this help our residents? Um, well, I mean, the most important thing uh, we need in, in this community is opportunity. And uh, for a number of our young people, uh, going to college doesn't seem realistic growing up. And so uh, we got together with some philanthropic organizations and took advantage of a 10-year-old provision in the tax code. Uh, and with the support of city council, we actually created the Detroit Promise Fund. And what that does is guarantee two years of community college for anybody who graduates from a high school in the city of Detroit, whether it's a charter school or a DPS school, if you graduate from the school in Detroit and you live uh, in in uh, Detroit, uh, you got two years of college paid for. And if you get a 3.0 in high school, you can get four-year uh, tuition at a four-year university. And so uh, anybody who uh, has somebody graduate from high school right now uh, you can talk to your school counselors or go to the DetroitPromise.org, uh, but I'm sure the high school counselors are, are promoting this. Uh, but 
because it's locked in long term, if you're 10, 12, 14 years old and you're in the city of Detroit, you know the college is going to be there for you uh, because of the Detroit Promise. That's wonderful. That's excellent news. You're promoting education and you're ensuring the city's residents' futures. Thank you for that. I like that. That's honorable. Did you do? Okay. All right. We have uh, some questions for you. On May 31st, you spoke at the Detroit Regional Chambers Mackinac Policy Conference and outlined the plans for Detroit. You said, our principle is this, one city for all of us. That defines our planning. Can you share at length with our listeners what plans you have in mind in addition to what you've already talked about that would uh, encompass one city for all of us? Well, the first few years that I was here, the focus of the administration was on services. Our computers didn't work. Nobody answered the telephones. Uh, Of course, the ambulances wouldn't show up. The police wouldn't show up. The streetlights were out. The grass wasn't cut in the parks. The buses didn't run on schedule, houses weren't getting knocked down. We spent the first three years just relearning how to deliver service. And now police response and ambulance response are at the national average. Uh, The buses are running on schedule. Uh, 65,000 streetlights in the city are on. The grass is cut in the park uh, every uh, 10 to 12 days in every park uh, in the city. So now uh, that we have gotten services headed the right direction, we're shifting to say, what's the vision for the future? What's the city uh, that we want to build? And so uh, we have a clear vision of where we want to go. Uh, I laid it out in, in the speech at Mackinac. Anybody wants to see it, you can find it on uh, YouTube. Uh, but the principle that we're operating on is we want to build uh, a Detroit where, as we say, it's one city for all of us. And, and I laid out a number of principles and have said to people, because we've seen this happen before, that somebody comes into town, buys an apartment building, puts out the residents who are there, and then rents it out at a market rate. Uh, We've taken a position there will be no support from the city of Detroit because we're not going to move out Detroiters in order to move somebody else in. Uh, And and we've been very effective. We have almost 2,000 low-income housing units where the HUD financial support is going to expire between now and 2019. And I've been meeting with building owner after building owner saying when your HUD support runs out, we have a deal to extend it. But if you try to let it run out and kick the low-income, in most cases seniors, but the low-income residents out, uh, you're not going to have any cooperation with the city of Detroit. And people have been great. We've converted several um, uh, apartments that were about to go to market rate to another 30-year contract. Uh, in in the downtown area in particular, so we've kept uh, folks in their homes. And if you want to build a new apartment building in Detroit and want any help from the city, we've said 20% uh, minimum of all of those units will be affordable. They'll be affordable to people set aside who are verified to have income less than thirty dollars or $40,000, depending on uh, the particular arrangement. And so you saw uh, a couple of days ago, Uh, We announced 85 units across from the VA hospital in Midtown. 25% of them are affordable. And so what that means is that the doctors and nurses can afford to live there, uh, but it also means that the people who push the wheelchairs, the people who prepare the food, uh, the people who clean the bedpans, a lot of people you need to run a hospital, they're going to be able to afford to live in that neighborhood too. And we think uh, that there should be a place uh, for everybody. And that's the direction we're going. Mr. Mayor, many unions have endorsed you for your reelection. What 
are the advocates? How do you see unions playing a part uh, in this turning of our city? Well, as far as I'm aware, every single union that is endorsed in this campaign has uh, endorsed me, somewhere between two and 300,000 uh, working men and women uh, have endorsed me. It starts with police and fire unions of the city of Detroit, who you want to go back a few years, and the morale uh, was devastating. You know, you had firefighters, the, the fire trucks would break down on the way to the fire. Um, uh, police couldn't get bulletproof vests, uh, et cetera. But we also have the support of the AFL-CIO, of the building trades, because we've been making sure there's an awful lot of construction going on. Uh, and uh, it's really the Teamsters has been one union uh, after another. And I just think, uh, you know, if, if you believe you're building a city for everybody, you would expect that the uh, working men and women in the city uh, would buy into that vision, and they have. Indeed. Um, you also stated that your administration is now trying to undo past discriminatory practices inflicted upon the cities. The city, what measures will be taken to create more favorable policies for Detroit residents? Well, you know, really the things that I outlined uh, already, uh, uh, establishing the principle that you're not going to move people out. Uh, longtime Detroiters all know, uh, for example, that, uh, you know, Paradise Valley and Black Bottom, too, uh, historic African-American communities uh, were essentially wiped out for new development where Lafayette Park sits now and where uh, 375, 75 are now. Um, we're making sure now that nobody's being moved out. There's plenty of room in the city. Um, the other thing that we're doing is this. We're building on the neighbors who are there. Uh, and so we have in this city still 25,000 vacant houses. We had 45 when I started. We had 40,000 when I started. Uh, we got 3,000 fixed up and occupied, moved families in. We knocked 12,000 down. We still have 25,000 to go. But in the Fitzgerald neighborhood, for example, at McNichols and, and Livernoy, mm -hmm. we went into a neighborhood that said 600 occupied homes, but 100 vacant houses that are good brick structures. And so we came in with a developer with support from HUD, and we're renovating all 100 of those vacant homes to move families in, uh, we're taking the vacant land and making a park and a bikeway, but we're building on the families who are there. And so we've had 40 meetings in that community, including the neighbors who actually listen to the developers do their pitches for why they should be the right ones. So you have the people who stayed making the decision about how their neighborhoods are rebuilt. That's a different way than development has been done mm -hmm. uh, in the United States. And, and uh, this Fitzgerald... Uh, Activity is going to be very exciting uh, to watch it as it goes forward over the next year or two. Mr. Mayor, you're favored to win the re-election in November, and you've given, been given credit for creating new jobs in, for Detroiters in 2016. In your second term, do you plan or what plans do you have beyond the driving of focusing on? I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to go to a break, but we will be right back. Right. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Union Members Radio. You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. Gonna stand. When you lose a loved one, turn to Stenson Funeral Home with three locations in the Detroit vicinity to serve your family's needs with integrity and professionalism. 313-863-7300. Catering to all religions and number one in veteran services, Stenson Funeral Home is dignified and economical, where your loved one is number one. 
Reverend Dr. Curtis C. Williams, CEO, understands the unique and individualized needs of your family. 313-863-7300. Stinson Funeral Home is endorsed by the Union Members Radio Show. Have you ever lied about gambling? We missed you at dinner. I know. I'm sorry. I got stuck in a meeting. Have you ever sold anything so you'd have more money to gamble with? Honey, have you seen my pearl earrings? Uh, I thought you hated those. You may have a gambling problem. Call the Michigan Problem Gambling Helpline today at 1-800-270-7117. Sponsored by the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services and the Michigan Association of Broadcasters. Another crash on the way? Are you prepared? Mary is. After the 2008 crash, my retirement portfolio, my 401k, really took a hit. And I vowed never to allow that to happen again. So I went out and I got educated. One of the things that sets uh, Online Trading Academy apart from other schools is the fact that the instructors are not academics. They're real-world traders who have traded in the pits in Chicago, in the NYMEX in New York, and uh, they, they teach us just a multitude of things. Mary learns strategies from professionals taught by professionals to increase profit in up or down markets. She came to a free power training workshop, and you can too. And if you really want to take control of your financial life, go for that initial seminar and see if it resonates with you. I can't uh, recommend it enough. Call 844-250-8723, 844-250-8723 to reserve your seat. That's 844-250-8723. Learn how to make money in any market. Well, I won't. Welcome back to Union Members Radio. Uh, Before the break, uh, we were having, uh, actually, Reverend Dr. Courtesy Williams is interviewing Mayor Duggan. So I'm going to let you continue with that. Thank you so much, Kim. Mayor Duggan, you are the favorite to win the re-election in November, and you are being credited for the jobs which were created uh, in 2016. In your second term, do you plan to focus on reviving our neighborhoods and talk to us about the thriving that's going to go on uh, for the 7.2 miles, square miles in our city of Detroit? Well, uh, what I think is, I think there is an opportunity to bring manufacturing back to the city of Detroit like we haven't seen uh, for a long time. Uh, the uh, wage rates in China and Mexico are going up. Uh, there is more productivity in these factories, which means fewer workers. Uh, but what that also means is, uh, that it's cost-effective to stay in the United States, and the transportation costs uh, end up being a bigger advantage. And so we are very intently uh, going to go after trying to bring back supplier um, uh, factories, as we did with Flexengate that's building the front end of Fords on the, uh, the I-94 corridor on the east side, or Sakti that's building parts for GM uh, and the like. And so... I think there is a real opportunity to bring jobs back into Detroit, and, and that's going to be a huge focus. But the other thing is we got to get our residents to have the skills to take those jobs, and that means uh, after a high school degree, um, you're going to have to take some intense training uh, in order to have the skills to uh, to fill these jobs. And so we've set up a program we call Detroit at Work, and we have made sure every job training program that we offer, and you can find it at the Detroit at Work website, is tied to a job people are hiring on today, uh, and we're just going to keep going in that direction. I was glad to see in April we had the lowest unemployment rate in Detroit in 16 years, uh, but we still have a long way to go. Mr. Mayor, thank God for that for that information. But um, as you know, I've known you approximately oh, a little over 30, 35 years. 
And uh, one mm, of the things. We're getting old. Tell <laughs> 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 me. One of the things that I'm uh, very concerned about, and I get a lot of people discussing with me, is about their homeowner's insurance and their auto insurance in the city of Detroit. How can you help us with these efforts? Well, there are two very different questions. On homeowner's insurance, certainly one factor has been uh, that in 2013, every building in this city was downgraded by the national insurance organizations because fire hydrants weren't working, fire trucks weren't working, firefighters weren't trained, and we got a huge downgrade in fire capability, probably costing uh, the average homeowner 100 to $150 and cost business owners uh, much more. We have a very intense uh, activity right now where we've bought all new equipment, we got the fire hydrants fixed, we got the training done. Mm -hmm. And this fall, we are inviting the national regulators back in. Uh, and uh, if we do, in fact, get an upgrade uh, sometime next spring, people in Detroit are going to see their homeowner's insurance start to come back down. That's wonderful. We have a call on the line from JJ. Okay. JJ, welcome to the program. What's your question? Uh, I just wanted to tell Mr. Duggan. I really admire the work that you've done and to uh, restore uh, the once great city of Detroit. I can recall when I lived in Detroit back in 1962, it was the richest city per capita, over 100,000 people in all the United States. I know we won't see those uh, results in, in time soon, but what you've done has been really appreciated by I know the people that live in there. The city will never come back until the schools are fixed. And this is coming from a teacher. And I don't know what you have to do with that, with the unions and to get the people back. And I will remind you guys of one thing. This is, I'm not a politician. I would just say what I've observed throughout history. If you want more of something, you subsidize it. If you want less of something, you tax it. So when Detroit has the highest tax rate of, of most cities, you know, property taxes and stuff like that, hence, people will move out. And if you want to have less kids out of wetlock, we need to do something about quit subsidizing those people and that behavior. That's all I can see because that's what's changed in the last 50 years since I've been there you know, in Detroit. And i got to ask you one more question. I read in the Detroit uh, Free Press a couple weeks ago about your blight reduction and stuff like that, and kudos to you. But I was just wondering, it seemed like all the problems you're having with the contractors Shouldn't the city have a CIA, a certified industrial hygienist, to oversee each one of those jobs? Since it's your uh, asbestos in the long run because you own it for perpetuity. Thank you for the work you've done, and I'll take your answers on the radio, and God bless you. Yeah, no, we have a very intense environmental review process, and uh, uh, I think we're very shortly going to have an agreement with the Michigan Department of Environmental Quality uh, where MDEQ staff are actually going to work side-by-side side with city staff because I think at times there are communications problems with two different entities regulating it, and then one second guesses another. So I propose to them, how about you sit with us and we do this once, and I think that's the direction we're going to go. Thank you, J.J., for the uh, statement as well as the question. Mr. Mayor, can you give us a brief synopsis about this issue of the uh, water issue that has been coming up time and time after again? in relationship to the church and the business and residents? Um, well, uh, the issue is, is pretty simple. In August of 2014, anybody who was in Detroit remembers when those rainstorms came and more than 10,000 basements flooded with uh, sewage. 
we have way too much rainwater going down the storm drains and backing up into basements. And uh, when you have asphalt parking lots, you are contributing to that water going down those drains. If you own 100 acres of grass, you have no drainage charge. The water soaks into the grass. When you build a parking lot, that water pours into the storm system and has the potential to back up into people's basements. And so what we have said is this, that anybody who's got a large asphalt parking lot uh, should be partnering with us in ways to get that water out of the system. That can include things like building uh, so-called green infrastructure, green islands in the middle of your parking lot uh, that can absorb that rainwater. It could be a retention pond that can store it on site. Uh, it can be in some cases, I know we have um, a pastor over at uh, Franklin Southfield who's building his entire parking lot out of material that allows the water to seep through and go to the ground underneath, doesn't go down the storm drains. Uh, these are things that we need to do uh, because clim the climate change is real. These rainstorms are going to keep coming. And so uh, we have, I think, resolved it to the satisfaction of most people, never satisfy everybody. But what we have said is for any church, business, uh, uh, factory that has an asphalt parking lot, if you want to put in these kinds of green infrastructure to keep the water out, we'll pay half of it and we'll knock your, your drainage charge in half. And, and we have now, I'm going to say, 100-plus businesses and churches where engineers are out working with them uh, to, uh, to take care of that and hopefully even do it in a few funeral homes. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. This and a sense of humor. <laughs> Mr. Mayor, I am going to be in that number. <laughs> all right. <laughs> trust That's me, great. trust me. First of all, let me say thank you so much for coming and sharing per our request, and thank you again for being a part of our guest this evening and uh, just sharing with us and giving our city and our community and our people an overview of what's going on in our city. And, of course, as you know, you are in our prayers. Our city is in our prayers. And, of course, Trinity Chapel and Stinson Funeral Home wants to say thank you for being here, and when I made the call, I made the request, I just want to tell your staff, thank you so much for making this happen for us today. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. It's been great. Thank you, and thank you so much. I, I know you're on a tight schedule, so I'm shaking your hand. Thank you, Mayor. All right. All God right. bless you, Mr. Mayor. God bless you, indeed. All right. Well, um, I'm going to, we'll, we'll talk more with uh, Reverend Dr. Curtis C. Williams in just a moment. Um, James Dennis is with me today, as I mentioned earlier in our program, and he is vice president of CWA Local 4100. Now, we are going to be talking about some mobility issues because that's that's his specialty, and there is a lot going on right now, isn't there, James? Oh, yeah. Uh, mobility is still negotiating that contract, AT&T Mobility. That's 21,000 workers. And they just had a two-and-a-half-day strike um, to get the table kind of moving forward. So how that works is they strike for two-and-a-half days. You know, you know, Friday at 3 o'clock, they left off the job, and they came back Monday morning. And most in Michigan, I want to say probably 90% of the people went off the job and did what they were supposed to do. Um, the other 10% didn't feel it was worth um, leaving the job for and they stayed working um, the cool thing is over in our cold water store cold water michigan that's a long ways from here 
um, it's linked up with our Indiana local. And they actually came over and picked it at the cold water store. So those people at the cold water didn't quite make as much money as they thought they were going to make with everybody being, you know, off on strike. Because that was their whole thing. We're going to make money while our fellow brothers and sisters are off work for our fair union contract. Indeed. So, you know, that was it was pretty, pretty cool that some some union members from another state came over and pick it at That's that store. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. And and and, may, and what it did was it made those members at that particular store excited. I mean, when I went over there cuz I've been going around talking to them saying, "Hey, what did you think about it?" and interviewing and all this stuff. And they were like, "So, I was like, "What do you think about this?" And they were like, "Wow, we were excited cuz we were looking around going, "Man, these are our brothers and sisters coming with us, standing out there with us for a cause." And it really just shot energy through all the members of our local. And it, it, I felt I'm very proud of them. Because um, those, yes. those young, because keep in mind, this is between 21 and maybe 40 years old average. And these kids are now getting out knowing how it feels to get out and fight for something. And that's, that's really important because I think sometimes when it comes to our children, they get a lot of stuff handed to them. You know, we, don't, we, we want them to have the things we didn't have. You right. know, I didn't have, get to do this, and I didn't get to do that, and then we just give it to them. But you know what? Sometimes it was good going outside, playing tag or whatever, something that was free. Indeed. Sometimes that built character. I'm just saying. Indeed. We'll talk more about that in a moment, and we'll be talking um, with Reverend Dr. Curtis C. Williams as well. Union Members Radio is brought to you in part by the following sponsors and contributors. APWU Local 295. APWU Local 480481, CWA Local 4009, CWA Local 4123, and by the following individuals George Troya Jr., President of DFM Local 5, James Dennis, Vice President of CWA Local 4100, Roscoe Woods, President of APWU Local 480481. And we say thank you so much for your support of this program. That it means a lot. That it means a lot to you, and don't for, don't forget to support the Union Members Radio website because the website, like this program, was designed with union members in mind. That means you're going to find only trusted resources to serve your everyday needs, which is so important these days because it's so difficult to find someone you can trust. UnionMembersRadio.com. All right. Well, it's been a busy day. You don't see what happens behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Reverend Doctor Curtis C. Williams. Um, I, I want to kind of talk about you for a minute, what you do. Um, you are the CEO, owner of Stinson Funeral Homes and Trinity Chapel Funeral Homes. I am. So let's talk about that. Well, uh, Trinity Chapel is a funeral home that uh, was organized in, uh, in 1989. Okay. And we branched out about a year ago, and we acquired the Stinson Funeral Home. It's been a year and uh, six months to the date. And we acquired the Stinson Funeral Home. We're located at 16540 Myers on a corner of Myers and John Lodge Freeway. And that phone number there is 313-863-7300. And then we have Trinity Chapel Northwest, which is at 20226 West McNichols on the corners of Hayton and Kentfield. And that number there is 313-532-8182. And then we have the Trinity Chapel Funeral Home Southwest 
at 1939 South 4th Street. And the number there is 386-8600. And boy, let me tell you, we have been busy, busy, busy. Because not only are we a funeral home, I am a retired pastor. Pastor church right around 24, almost 25 years. And so my concept of helping people is a lot different than other people. We like to reach out to the community, help young folk, tutor young folk. I was on a couple of tutor boards, and, uh, and, 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 and the funeral service is a ministry. It is a ministry. And so we try to do the best we can to help young people, old people, people that need help. God has blessed us to bless someone else. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And I really like, um, talk about how you're different in terms of your veteran services. Well, as you know, my daughter is uh, a veteran from <laughs> the United States Navy, and we're very proud of her. And uh, we have one of the best veteran programs. As a matter of fact, according to the state of Michigan, we are the best oh, wow. in veteran services. We believe in taking care of our vets. Believe me when I tell you, when people have put their lives on the line, I think it's important that they're taken care of after they come home from the service. And so we render special programs for them to try to help them get through in their lives when the transition of a loved one comes. We go out of our way. We bend over backwards to try to help our veterans. I know that you do. And I, I know also, I mean, when you look at your website, you see the services that you provide. Um, and it's really honorable because you even have um, counseling services. We have counseling services to help. Uh, as you know, many people who have come out of the services, they suffer some issues. You know what? Um, I just completed um, a certificate program mm-hmm. uh, for ministry. Okay. And one of the things that we talked about, and I just kind of want to get your opinion about this, is um, a lot of Christians don't believe in um, cremation mm-hmm. because they're going, oh, no, I'm not going to burn twice in some cases. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to burn <laughs> once myself. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> but, but, here's, but here's the thing. Here's something that um, Dr. Thompson um, had kind of came out and showed us one day. and He, he went to Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. And it talked about the dry bones mm-hmm. and how the Lord spoke and the dry bones came rose, together. exactly mm-hmm. came together and mm-hmm. the flesh came on. Sure. And the one thing that was amazing to me about that passage is the fact that the bones were all over the place. So they weren't in like an order. They were totally d- in no order. And they came up, came to exactly where they were and lined completely up with the flesh on them and everything because the Lord has spoke to them. Now, here's here's what I found that was really, really amazing is Chris, some Christians will say no cremation. And I'm not trying to say cremation is the way to go. That's not what I'm trying to say. But what I'm trying to bring this up is this. Some people are, are faulting cremation, saying it's not good. But if you think about it, if you blow up in a plane, if you burn up in a house, if I'm cremated, I know that God is powerful enough that when the dead in Christ shall rise, they are going to rise. It's not about your body. It's about your soul. Exactly. It's about, exactly. It's about your exactly. spirit. It's about exactly. your spirit. And, 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 and so, but people cannot, in this day and age, many people cannot afford regular burials. So we try to work out something with a service with cremation. Yes. And at least it takes care of the loved one. And it takes care of the loved one with dignity yep. and respect and integrity. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that families should look for. Absolutely. Dignity, respect from who's serving them, mm-hmm. and integrity and in being taken care of. 
It's not about a big person or a small person. It's about loving a person. And so at Trinity Chapel, at Stinson Funeral Home, this is what we promote. We love people. My staff loves people. We do our best to make sure people are comfortable. I have many people come into our facilities and say, this does not look like a funeral home. Oh, that's it's fantastic. like being at home. Okay. Matter of fact, I just had a lady tell me that yesterday. She that's said, this, nice. is, this is not like a funeral home. It's like being at home. But you know what? Part of the grieving process, I mean, we have to grieve. Let's, just, let's really talk about this. When I, if you lose a loved one, sure. you have to grieve because you know what? Think about it. None of us want to pass away from here and want our families to go into a slump and be like, oh, I'm, I'm horrible. The funeral process, the, peop, the way you're treated at that funeral home starts that grieving process. It's, you know, because if you're treated bad there, it's a possibility you may not grieve properly. Whereas when that funeral home takes that time and effort and, hey, what do you need? That call, what, three days after, maybe a week after? When that funeral home does that, that's a beautiful thing because, again, it helps the grieving process. Sort of like David, when he lost his baby, him and Bathsheba's baby, mm-hmm. once he found out that baby was dead, he got up and, and ate and worshiped the Lord. He moved on. We're designed as human beings to move on. I had a, I had a unique challenge the other day. A gentleman called, and he had called some other facilities here in the city of Detroit. And uh, he chose our facility, Stinson Funeral Home. And he said it was because of my voice. <laughs> oh, wow. He and his wife said to me, you were so calm. You calmed us. Mm-hmm. You made us feel as though we had made the right just by the way you talk to us. And, of course, that service is going to be Tuesday for that family. But it was amazing, and I said my voice. He says, yes. He says, Pastor Williams, my wife and I were listening to you talk over the phone as you comfort us. And I still haven't met them. Wow. My staff has met them. The arrangements have been made, and I will be with them on Tuesday. So... It's all in how you present yourself mm-hmm. and, again, the calming of the voice. And he said, I gave him direction. I gave him instruction that out of the other six funeral homes that he had talked to had not given him. And that's such such a critical time because, you know, let's let's be honest. It's difficult to to think straight in such grief. So right. that's that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. is very important. Very and important. you gave instruction. The way, whatever you said, and I mean, I don't know if you, you, how you said it, but obviously it was what they needed. And people, again, when it comes to this grieving process, we have to be mindful of that person and where they're at. And obviously you figured out where those those folks were because you were able to get them. There goes, you know what? This is our way to grieving and getting comfort and bringing in close to this part of our life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very important. Indeed. So we and we we have a great staff at all facilities that talk to our families. We don't rush our families. We don't push them through. Right. We give them time to sort out what they need to mm-hmm. sort out in making this transition of their loved one a relaxing transition. Wow. Very important. That is very important. Uh, well, goodness. Um, did you want to talk again about? How people can find you? Well, they can find us again at Stinson Funeral Home, located at 16540 Myers on the corner of John C. Lodge Freeway. 
Phone number there is 313-863-7300. They can call Trinity Chapel Funeral Home at 313-532-8182. That's the Westside Northwest location at 20226 West Bank Nichols. They can call us on the Southwest side at 1939 South 4th Street. And they can call the number 313-386-8200. That's 386-8200. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kim. I have a question for you, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Do you get your hands dirty when it comes to um, dealing with the remains? No. You do? I have license. Okay, so you have done it before. Embalmers, no. Oh, I, you have I am the owner. Okay. But I have three wonderful okay. licensed directresses. Ah, okay. I was just curious because you, you never know. You, I look at you, you be like, yeah, I do get my hands dirty. I <laughs> meet and but you're, greet you're the my manager. families. Yes. I meet and greet my families. I'm the CEO and I talk to my families. And if there's a difficulty, we, have, we try to make all attempts, all attempts to walk our families through. Okay, okay. And we love our veterans. So, so I just found out that I could actually do his job because he had said you dealt with the remains. I'd be like, no, I couldn't do that one. Right, right. <laughs> but I, but what you're doing to comfort that you, you know what? That's got to be rewarding. It's a ministry. Yeah, absolutely, yes. it's a absolutely, ministry. absolutely. I can see that. Absolutely, yeah. It's just just like when you're in the well at our congregation. I got the youth ministry, mm -hmm. and just dealing with the different children with you know with no fathers or no mothers or whatever. Sure. You're right. It's all about the comfort. Mm -hmm. um, and and in your ministry. Again, it goes back to the grieving and the healing and the moving forward. So thank you for what you do. Thank you so much. We tried to take the pastoral ship, my pastoral, pastoral experience and work through the hardships of what families have to deal with and grieve. Indeed. And, and you do. Um, you don't just talk the talk. You, you walk the walk, too. You're always available to people, and you're always – I mean, we, even with me and, and the producer of this program, every time we've needed to contact you for something, he's always just really peaceful and calm. You don't avoid calls or anything. You're <laughs> always there. When you do us you? right, you can sleep at night. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. I like that. <laughs> Jason, Jason just put his thumb up in the air. He liked that, too. I love that. That was great. <laughs> thank you, Jason. <laughs> that's great. Hey, thank you All so right. much. Well, thank you. Yeah. So do you, do you have any more questions, James? You know what? I'm just glad that you take the um, Christian route to helping people get through this bad time. Because I know, you know, even even um, and then I'm gonna, I'm talking about the union side of the house. Whenever we hear about a death of um, one of our members, loved ones, um, sometimes we have to go in and believe it or not, negotiate extra time off for them. Sure. Because the employer may not want they may want to just give them the three days. Mm -hmm. And this is a a, a, a a family member that raised them, not their parent. Because their parent may not know been nowhere in, to be found, mm -hmm. but this person raised them as a kid all the way up to an adult, and they pass away. And then the employer is like, "Well, you know what? Why do they want extra time off?" And you know, we have to sit down and say, "Hey, you know what? This wasn't just somebody next door. This was a parent. It may not have been biological, but it was a parent, and they need this to, to again, to get old, to 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 make it through." 
And that's what I like about your business. You're helping people to get through, to grieve through, to be able to make it so that later on they can look back and say, wow, when I lost my loved one, I felt this way. But when I went over the stencils, I was good. I'm okay now. I'm doing things. I have an old saying that I used to tell the church in which I pastored for well over 24 years. Help me to help you so we can help ourselves. Hello, I like that. My uh, grandfather was a union vice president. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're, we're way back in the 50s now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, used to, I used to hear him talk about how much he had to help people as mm-hmm. a union vice president. He and uh, Horsha Field Sr., Mm-hmm. We're president and vice president, late 50s, at Ford's. Oh, nice. Ford's out in Woods. Oh, yeah, that's in the Very history nice. books. Yeah, John W. Williams. That's in the history books. Well, you don't want to go anywhere. We're coming right back. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Union Members Radio. And I'll keep this world from dragging me down. When you lose a loved one, turn to Stenson Funeral Home with three locations in the Detroit vicinity to serve your family's needs with integrity and professionalism. 313-863-7300. Catering to all religions and number one in veteran services, Stenson Funeral Home is dignified and economical, where your loved one is number one. Reverend Dr. Curtis C. Williams, CEO, understands the unique and individualized needs of your family. 313-863-7300. Stenson Funeral Home is endorsed by the Union Members Radio Show. This is the Sean Hannity Show. Everybody's got selective moral outrage. Everybody's all offended by words, but it only depends on who utters the words that offends them. Because they'll make all sorts of excuses time and time again if they don't want to pick that particular political fight. But if it's to their political advantage, they want to. They'll, 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 boy, they'll be outraged. I've never believed that most people that act as though they're so outraged are. It's Sean Hannity at 3 on the Patriot. Just let me do the job. It won't cost you a dime more than the insurance company's going to pay you. You won't even have to pay the deductible. Trust me. We're looking for a few bad actors. The kind that commit insurance fraud. You know someone that fits the part? Insurance fraud is a crime, and everyone pays for it, especially the ones who get caught. If you suspect insurance fraud, call us at 1-800-TELL-NICB. A public service message from the National Insurance Crime Bureau. Uh, we're talking to Senator Patrick Kolbeck, who was announced as a, a candidate for governor of Michigan. Hey, great to be with you, John. I love your opening clip from President Trump's inauguration. My, i, I got to admit, though, it was very dangerous for my wife and I because we were driving at the time listening to it on the radio, and uh, we were uh, high-fiving each other when he was talking about returning the power back to the people. Yeah, but you got to watch that high-fiving. If the left sees you high-fiving, they'll make a law against it, so be careful. The John McCullough Show, weekday evenings at 6 on The Patriot. Hi, I'm Wendy Jones, host of Next Steps for Seniors. Are you stuck in the chaos of trying to figure out the maze of hospitals, rehabs, and insurance for a parent or a loved one? Join me and my co-host, attorney Mike Rakowski. We talk about these issues and more every Saturday at 11 a.m. That's Next Steps for Seniors, Saturdays, 11 a.m. on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Your questions, real life, real answers. The following program has been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. When you hear phone numbers, please do not call. Well, I won't back down. 
Welcome back to Union Members Radio. In the studio today, we have James Dennis, Vice President of CWA Local 4100, and Reverend Curtis C. Williams, Reverend Dr. Curtis C. Williams, a union and veterans advocate and more. (laughs) Welcome back to the program. We're going to continue our conversation. We're learning uh, a lot about you, Reverend Dr. Curtis. Uh, we're, we're, We're learning about the services that that you provide and the intricacies involved in in you know saying goodbye to our loved ones so let's let's have that conversation so we were talking about something off air and i just wanted to bring that up how do you deal with 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 a parent losing a, a child not not an 18 year old but i'm talking about something and it's something that i only went to one children's funeral in my life and it was enough for me i saw that casket and burst into tears right how do you how, how do you deal with that uh, it's it's very challenging when there's an infant or a toddler involved and, of course, a young child, six, seven, eight-year-old, because they have not lived. And so you have to kind of go in. You go in very uh, – I'm going to use the word softly. Okay. Softly. Very peaceably. Because that mother and that father or the father or the mother of the parents – at a, such an emotional high mm-hmm. because the question comes, why? Yes. Why? And you have to really revert to scripture. All right. And suffer little children and forbid them not. Mm-hmm. For theirs are the kingdom of, of God's child, of God's right. children. And so you have to kind of go in and walk them through the process. Wow. Realizing they're not really listening. They're You're right. not really comprehending. And therefore, they literally need someone to hold their hand. And we as men <laughs> sometimes still need someone. Oh, absolutely. To hold our that process and it's got to be someone that you have won their confidence Mm. you have to win their confidence remember I said they're not listening right they're not comprehending right therefore you have to win their confidence that they put their trust in you right and that's how and and you know children are hard for me oh you know even though all my children are adults it's hard for me. Do you do any follow-up, you know, once you get a picture? Like you said, I, I like the fact that you brought up they're not listening. They're not comprehending. Yeah. And I get that. I totally. totally get it. So do you do any follow-up at any time, frame yeah. with them? We follow, well, we pray with them before. We pray with them at the house. But, yes, we do follow-up after the service is over. Great. It's just a matter of picking up the phone. Great. Oh, yeah. And saying, how are you? We were just thinking about you. Mm-hmm. We, during holidays, Christmas, we send Christmas cards. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. That is. Yeah, yeah. A a card goes a long way. My wife is big on cards. I'm not because they usually go in the garbage. That's because you're a man. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? I understand. Yeah, yeah, I mean, man, I didn't. Now that that's that goes a that goes a very very long way. Someone once told me, it's not the day of the funeral, and it's not the week of the funeral. 
It's after the funeral. Absolutely. That that, 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 that they get that phone call. You get phone calls all while you're going through the process. You get get phone calls in the process. You get people there with you. But after the process, especially when it's a single man's been married to a woman 30, 40 years, vice versa. It's after the process because everybody's gone. Cousins are gone back north, south, east, and west, wherever they're from. Close friends are going back to their right. own lives. And so you find yourself. And at holidays, it's really hard oh. for a lot of people. Oh, it is. Yeah. yeah. I can speak from experience on that. My father um, lost my mother when I was six. I mean, I lost her too, clearly. Uh, but it, I remember he broke down. And in that moment, like you were saying, after the funeral, after everything, you know, it was just me just a little girl left with her daddy and wow. he fell apart. I, I remember, I remember the light coming through the window. I remember him sitting there and crying and yeah. it's, it's such a difficult time. So, so to be able to offer a ministry like you do yeah. is, is a really meaningful thing that people will remember. So it, it becomes part of the whole process and, and it makes it a little a little bit better. So I'm I'm really glad that you're doing that for people. One thing I say, uh, Kim, is I, I say to people when I'm trying to service them, when I get a chance to talk to them, uh, you haven't lost anyone. Mm-hmm. They made a transition. There you go. Especially when you know what something is, you haven't lost it. <laughs> right. So if you know that the person uh, knew their persuasion of God in their life, you haven't lost them. They just made a transition. You lose something when you don't know where it is. Right. <laughs> right. So when you know what something is, it's not lost. Oh, I like that. So I just said the transition. <laughs> I like that, too. That's, you know, that's beautiful. My mother made a transition. I didn't lose her. My brother made a transition. I didn't lose them. I know where they are. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You know, And that's an important factor when you're doing grief counseling. Mm-hmm. People go through seven stages of grief. Mm-hmm. And, and, and many times in funerals, you know, and I, I say to my staff, as best as I can, just listen and don't say anything. Because they're not mad with you. Right. They're not angry with you. They're angry because of the person that's not there anymore. Right. And you just happen to get the blunt because you're trying to service them. Amen. And so it's best because people blow up, people curse, people just, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, so yeah. it's best that you hold who you are to help them to get through what they are going through so they might find out where they are. Right. 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 Yeah, because death brings out... The worst. Yeah. I, I had a um, I had a girlfriend years ago, lost her mother when she was 18. And what happened was her mother had cancer. She was going away to school, and she didn't call, call her until the last days of her living. So she never got this. When she said goodbye to her, she was on her deathbed. Mm. She passed away. Her mother's sisters was there, mm. and no, they didn't take all the jewelry and furs. So when, and then when they found out they weren't getting any money, they just up and booked that day. I would never forget that. I just kind of sat there with her and was like, whoa, know your own relatives. Didn't know, didn't figure out that they didn't, they're not getting any money. And they left that young lady, that 18 year old woman in that house by herself. Like, Hey, we gone, gone after they took the furs, the, cause all that stuff was gone by the uh. time she got there. 
And I just like, man, death is. That's the challenge. Oh, but this is they, this was their sister, and this was their sister's daughter. I mean, I I I couldn't. I, and I was nineteen at the time myself. I didn't see it. I, I was just like, how could you do that? Wait, wait a minute. How could I do that to one of you? Neither <laughs> right. one of you are blood relatives, but I can't. You pass away. I'm not going to go in your house and just take your stuff from your family. That's just dead wrong. It I mean, it's a, it's, it's a conscious, a moral thing there. But relatives do the craziest stuff. And I know you have seen that. I try to stay away from. I never get into something unless I'm invited. Mm-hmm. If I'm not invited into it, I stay out of it. I try not to get into family discrepancies because I'm there not to serve uh, the person that made the arrangements. I'm there to serve the entire family. Absolutely. You know, you made the arrangements, Kim, but right. I'm not just trying to be there to serve you. I'm there to serve the entire family. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Well, you said that in such a beautiful way and the music started. That's perfect. Right. We'll be back uh, after a short break. You're listening to Union Members Radio. We have another hour coming up. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We'll stand my ground. And I won't back down. No, I won't back down. Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today, withdrawing your own cash has become risky. Pat Boone here for Swiss America. According to The Secret War, a new Swiss America white paper, I learned that all banks are now required to spy on you and me for the government and then report any financial behavior deemed suspicious or unusual. You must read The Secret War. It's free. Truth is, I believe the government's new war against cash is really a war against us all. But the secret is now out. So please, get and read The Secret War. Pick up your phone and call right now. 800-978-3908-800-978-3908-800-978-3908. Once again, that's 800-978-3908. Make plans now for a -a once-in-a-lifetime adventure to the Holy Land. The Stand with Israel Tour is happening this fall. Join Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher on a nine-day trip to Israel that will offer you timely insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. In the context of Jerusalem's 50-year anniversary, experience the Western Wall, modern Tel Aviv, the Dead Sea, and much more, all in the comfort and safety of first-class accommodations. For trip details, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. What makes my pillow so different from any other pillow out there? It's special because it's a patented pillow. My Pillow's patented fill allows you to adjust your pillow to exactly what you want instead of the other way around. When you get the exact support you need, two things happen. You get to sleep faster and you stay there longer. My Pillow is customized to fit you. They come in several fill levels, which ensures you get the exact pillow you need for the best sleep. Think about it. You don't wear the same size t-shirt as your husband or wife, so why would you sleep on the same size pillow? You wouldn't. Go to MyPillow.com now and get the best deal ever. Use the promo code WDTK to take advantage of the MyPillow 4-pack special. You get 50% off two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. Check it out. Go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code WDTK. What pops up is the best offer yet. 50% off two MyPillow premium pillows plus two go-anywhere pillows. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. 
MyPillow.com, promo code WDTK, and start sleeping the way nature intended. Police officers put their lives on the line for us each and every day. When a gunman opened fire on a group of congressmen in Virginia, Capitol Police officers bravely confronted the shooter and stopped the carnage. Many lives would have been lost if not for the heroic actions of the two Capitol Police officers who took down the gunman despite sustaining gunshot wounds during a very, very brutal assault. This is Mike Gallagher. My foundation, the Fallen Officer Fund, supports the families of officers killed in the line of duty. In honor of the heroism that the Capitol Police officers demonstrated, please support law enforcement by contributing to Gallagher's Army, the Fallen Officer Fund. Just go to gallaghersarmy.org or call 888-99-I-GIVE. That's gallaghersarmy.org or call 888-99-I-GIVE. Let's show our hero officers everywhere how much we support them and honor their commitment to their community. On behalf of the brave police families thank you 